This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports. All things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law on AU100, Fox Sports Central Alabama and Kicks 96.3. Welcome back to sports at the end of what was probably a tumultuous week for some of you or for maybe all of us. No more politics. Here we are. Sports. Jeremy, how you doing, my man? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing okay. Ready to talk about some, some sports. Ready to get out of the political world. Just... And we're welcoming in, folks. Stick to sports. (laughs) Stick to sports right now. Well, Alabama and Auburn picked a good week to have a bye week. Maybe that was that. Well, that that couldn't have been planned because the SEC breaks out the schedule. I needed a game this week. I needed a game. (laughs) I needed a game today. (laughs) Well, Alabama and Auburn they rest in the bye week this week. Alabama obviously undefeated, number two in the country. But when you look at the AP poll, they're closing the gap. Talking about races this past week, a race in the AP poll is Alabama. And Clemson and Alabama closing the gap in first place votes at 29 this week to Clemson's 33. All they needed was one voter to flip this week for Alabama to be the number one team in the country. And it's looking like in the SEC, with their schedule being a heavy front-loaded schedule, that the path to the national championship is rather easy and it's going to run through that first-round game, whoever they may play. But... I'm here to make an argument that Alabama should be the number one team in the country. But, Jeremy, what, what does that path look like for Alabama to a national championship this year? Does it run through them being the two seed or the one seed? I thought we were done talking about polls and votes and flips. And, and races. And races. And, well, I I don't know if Clemson is – but if Clemson won the national title last year, I am one of those people who think you have almost earned the right. Like, if even before this year, I don't think – I know LSU won. It's going to sound weird. I'm like, I'm contradicting myself, but you knew LSU wasn't going to be there. Therefore, you take away their right to be number one throughout the whole year, right? But if Clemson had won last year against LSU and they had what they had coming back and they stay undefeated, I'm one of those guys that say, you deserve the right to stay number one until you lose. Unless it just looks horrible. Like you're playing a bunch of games, 17 to 16 versus Boston College and Pitt and all these other teams, right? Right. But Clemson didn't win it last year. Actually, they got drummed way worse than Alabama got drummed by LSU last year. On the national stage in the biggest game that there is. And I'm watching it right now. And I know that Trevor Lawrence didn't play Saturday. I know he's out today with coronavirus. And DJ Ungalalele... Uh, is that close? Ooh, yaga lele. Ooh, yaga lele. I'm just gonna call him <laughs> DJ. This is it's just ooh, yaga. Ooh, yaga lele. Ooh, yeah. yaga lele. There you go. Regardless, DJ, ooh, yaga lele, played a good game, and it took him a half to get <laughs> in the rhythm. But as I watched these two teams play this year, in my unbiased opinion, take the crimson glasses off, put the diploma to the side. Alabama has been the best team in college football. Every single week outside of one game against Ole Miss where I as as more as I continue to watch this Alabama defense, 
the more and more I believe that Lane Kiffin, because I, you know, I yelled at Saban when he said that Lane Kiffin had our signs. Now it's the more and more I've, I've watched this defense, the more and more I think that maybe Nick Saban's right. Maybe Lane Kiffin did kind of know what we were doing before we did it, and they took advantage of it. But I don't think Clemson has earned the right, even as good as they've been over the last few years, to be that one seed to the end, Noah, regardless of how they play. I think Alabama, by the time this is over, and if they go undefeated, they beaten Texas A&M, Georgia. They'll win an SEC title game. They would have beaten what's going to be probably a top 20 Auburn team again by then. Alabama's got five ranked wins by the time that year closes. What does Clemson have to show? They beat Notre Dame maybe twice. Who hasn't beaten a top five team since 2000? I was about to get into the resumes here, and I'm about to make another political reference now. It feels like Alabama has more electoral college votes if we're talking about resume here, it feels like Alabama, what they've got in the bag right now, what they've got under their belt, weighs more to me than what Clemson has. Clemson hasn't beaten anybody this year. They have not beaten one good team yet. Miami has fallen from the graces of the college football community. Yep. They have not beaten one good team. And now look, their only good team on their schedule, Notre Dame, is up against them this week, and they may very well lose. You look at what Alabama has done this year. As you've already pointed out, the win over AM, the win over Georgia, those look good. Auburn's re-entered the polls. They're going to beat Auburn. They're going to win an SEC championship game. you got four or five ranked victories, as you've already pointed out. On a 10-game schedule. Right, and that resume looks a lot better than what Clemson's going to be able to show you, which at best will only have Notre Dame on it. That's it. North Carolina's terrible. They lost to Virginia last week. One and yeah. four Virginia. I mean, that that ship has sailed. The only chance for Clemson to have any type of significant win on their schedule is two wins against Notre Dame. That's it. Yeah, and when you... When, Alabama's number one team in the country. If you watch this progress, not only... It, a lot of people say, well, if you're one and you're two, you still don't play each other until the national title game. The one we've seen over the last few years is... That four seed has been kind of a, huh, man, okay, you don't really deserve to be here. Just think about what the games have looked like. Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, Oklahoma. I mean, this Other is, than Ohio State, Alabama back uh, in 2014. Well, was it Clemson a one seed when Jalen Hurts beat them? And then, yeah, when Alabama beat Georgia right. and Natty, that was a one versus four. But over the last couple of years, and this year, this year, that four seed, that's a bye week, baby. You're gonna, It's a tune-up game because who's it going to be? Cincinnati, BYU, Notre Dame, a team that Alabama's already beaten. I mean, who's it going to be? It's going to be Notre Dame, a team from the SEC East, or Texas A&M. I, I actually think it's more yeah, likely that A&M gets in over an and SEC East I was on a podcast squad. this week, and I said the exact same thing, and I contradicted myself. But I do believe that a team in Alabama's beaten from the East or the West, or Cincinnati, BYU. Or Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame wins, what's so important about this Notre Dame-Clemson game, and we'll kind of touch on this later, I think this is a must-win for Notre Dame this Saturday because if they do win it, I think they can lose the ACC title game to Clemson and still get in. Because they're Notre Dame. Not only that, I mean, you'll be comparing Notre Dame to Cincinnati and BYU, which I I think you can tell yourself honestly that you believe Notre Dame's a better football team than both of those two schools. But if Notre Dame wins against a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson team in the regular season, and then they play again with Trevor Lawrence, and they get beat by three touchdowns, just say two touchdowns or more, 14 or more points, 
I think Notre Dame's done. I think you're. It's just too soon to potentially see another Clemson Notre Dame for the third time. Well, I go back to you would compare Notre Dame to the two other teams that are probably going to be on the cusp at that yes. time, and that's Cincinnati and BYU. And I think that you would say among those two, among those three teams, that Notre mm-hmm. Dame is the best of those schools. Then I think you compare the A and M and Notre Dame scenario i think you look at that scenario and you say a&m and notre dame which one are you willing to take and i don't know who's better but can you get a part but can you real? can you really get a part three i mean because that there would be a potential for somebody to say i think it'd be alabama notre dame i think i think alabama should be the number one team in the country yeah but if clemson loses to notre dame then notre dame loses to clemson and you still think Notre Dame is good enough to get in? Well, Clemson's getting in in that scenario. They're right. a one-loss ACC champion. They're probably the number two or number three team in the country at that point. So are, you, are people really going to say, all right, Notre Dame, four seed. You beat Alabama. You're playing Clemson again, part three? I don't think the playoff committee lets that happen. And it was a, there was an argument about this a couple of years ago in another, another potential situation. I can't remember what year it was. But I think if Notre Dame, whoever loses the ACC title game, Notre Dame or Clemson, they're probably out. And then I think Texas A&M, as we have been so hard on Jimbo Fisher, Noah, he is in prime position to not have to play in Atlanta. Which Alabama's been in that position, so I'm not fussing about it. I mean, it's just how it's how it works out in this playoff era. That's why we believe A&M can make it, because yeah. Alabama benefited from that. I go back to this, though. I, I could literally see, I think that this is a likely scenario. I think you can see number one Alabama, two Ohio State, three Clemson, four Notre Dame. I just don't think that's possible if they if they've already played twice. I just don't think it's going to happen. They're, they're, the committee won't let it happen. I, of course, the caveat here is they can't get blown out. I don't right? think that. But they, if they even if they do get blown out, though, that you have to once again once the two the, that you're comparing is Notre Dame and A and M. Once those two teams play twice, Texas A and M is going to get in if they're still a one loss. I think because they would have beaten a top ten Florida, they would have beaten Auburn. They had some good wins. Now they had a bad, an ugly loss. Not a bad loss, but it was an ugly loss to Alabama. But if your only loss is to Alabama at the end of the year and you played a 10 game SEC schedule. To your point, though, we talk about there being two games, though. Now you're setting up the second matchup between Alabama and Texas no, A&M. Now, Do we want to watch a, that? Not a third game between Alabama and Texas A&M. Sure, but it wouldn't be a third game between Clemson and Notre Dame. Notre Dame would be playing Alabama in my scenario. But you would also set yourself up for the potential of a third Clemson and Notre Dame. And I don't think I don't, you worry about that though, because I, I if it happens that way, then Clemson and Notre Dame won their way to that point, and they are truly the two best teams in the country. If Notre Dame's able to beat Alabama, well, I mean they're at least no. The listen, best team I in understand the it, but I don't think the committee's not going to let Clemson and Notre Dame play each other twice and then put both of them in the playoff. That's not going to happen. There's too many other good teams out there. Texas A and M is better than Notre Dame, and if Texas A and M goes nine and one in the SEC. They deserve to get in. See, that's the difference where we're at right now. I don't know if AM's better than Notre Dame yet. If you believe AM's better, then yes, AM should be in the playoffs. You don't think Texas AM I don't know. can I beat this I don't think. You don't know. I don't if you know. don't know, then you don't think. You don't think Texas AM could beat this abysmal offense in Notre I Dame? I think they could. I don't know if they would. I think 70 30 chance. 70 30. See, I could see just as much 50 50, 60 40 in favor of one or the other. All you got to do is rank Texas AM number five and Notre Dame loses it by 21 points. I mean, I'm just. We're going to have to see the ball be played this Saturday. But you're balled in on Notre Dame because I don't. I think without Trevor Lawrence. Clemson still wins this game by 14. I'm not bought in on Notre Dame or anything. I think Notre Dame's had their fair share of slow starts, 
But I haven't seen them pushed around like I saw Clemson get pushed around this past Saturday against Boston College. Of course, Clemson got it together, but Boston College was having their way with Clemson. And Uyagalale looked good. I, I think you absolve him from any and all blame of what was happening in that game. And sure, there were two key defensive players out for Clemson as well in that ball game. But as well as Clemson has recruited, there is something strange to me that Boston College could just walk in there and just push them around like they were. I mean, they were having their way. I don't know how Clemson was able to come back. They did it. They had enough time to do it, and they achieved it. But this Saturday, I think, tells us a lot. This is the most important game of the college football season up to this point. Clemson and Notre Dame, I really think the shape of the college football playoff changes dramatically. I don't think it does. They're going to play again. I think this game, much like the Alabama-Georgia game, is not meaningless, but now in your margin for error closes, but you're going to see it again if you both both win out. Now, Clemson, I get it. DJ Ugalalele doesn't play defense. I understand. But in 2020, and we'll talk about, say the same thing about the Auburn game when we talk about it, if you're not scoring, you're giving up points. You, you, don't, you see what I'm saying? If your offense can't stay on the field these days, you're giving up points. That's just the nature of the game. If your offense is inept, you're giving up points. You saw it. Clemson, they couldn't score. Guess what they're doing? They're giving up points. Their defense is on the field. thirty almost The whole first half, they give up points. What do they do? They go in. They make adjustments. DJ is able to go down, throw for almost 400 yards, completely takes over the second half of that ball game, and the kid's good. He's 250 pounds, runs like Cam Newton, throws like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he threw a lot of ducks in that game. He's also a freshman. Give him a break. True freshman. That is the the epitome of college football right now. If your offense isn't scoring, you are getting scored on. And it's kind of just the way that it's going right now. The two most important games this year for college football playoff implications, Alabama, Georgia, and Notre Dame, Clemson, and their mirror images of each other in their conference. What what happened in one of those games that will determine either of these teams make it to the college football playoff? Nothing. I think if Notre Dame wants to have any shot at the college football playoff, they have to win this Saturday. They can't lose. They'll play Clemson in the ACC title game, and if they win that one, they're in. The winner of that one's the one that's getting in. But Notre Dame... So if Georgia beats Alabama and Atlanta, they're not going to get in? That's fair. If with one loss? That's fair. None of these games I think I'm overthinking it on on that one right there. Not that you're overthinking. The games were important in your margin for error close. Alabama can lose a game now. Alabama can lose in Atlanta now, and they're going to get in because they went 10-0 in the regular season. They can lose to Auburn, beat Georgia or Florida, and they're getting in. That, to me, is why the games were important. Georgia, they can't lose again. They play Florida today, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're done. They, they lose this game, and it's over. I think the way that I'm thinking, though, is that if – Notre Dame beats Clemson this week. I think they can still get in with a loss. To Clemson in the ACC title game. Yeah, I think they can still get in. So that's that's the way I'm viewing this and why this is even more important because you're talking about margin of error, and you're right. Notre Dame can still get in if they lose to Clemson. But for me, I would rather have that cushion Knowing that Trevor Lawrence is not playing in this game, it makes it even more important for Notre Dame to win this game because I don't think they can beat Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. That's my point. If Notre Dame wants to make it, they have to win today. Every game that Georgia and Florida play for the rest of the year has more college football playoff implications than the Alabama-Georgia game or the Clemson-Notre Dame game because you're getting eliminated. You lose another one, you're done. If you don't have a loss right now... Your game almost doesn't matter 
if you take care of business after every single for the rest of the year. But this game affects two teams that will directly could alter each of their paths in the college football playoff. Who? They well, get to play again. If Clemson loses today, though, there's no hope for them to be the one seat. Then they don't uh, get your proverbial bye week the, in the first round. But you're in the playoff. Yeah, but it changes the path in the playoff, which we do know is important. Well, Matchups change for the things. last two I years, can see Alabama losing to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Alabama loses to Clemson. I like that matchup a little bit more. No, would I rather play Clemson and Notre Dame right now over Ohio State? Absolutely. No doubt about it. So these paths are altered by what happens this Saturday. And, yeah, but and, and let's go okay. back to my point. Notre Dame, Notre. if Notre Dame wins today, okay, and they lose in the last the second week of December to Clemson in the ACC title game, who's seated higher? Clemson. Or who? Let's say if Notre Dame wins today and Clemson wins the next one, Clemson will be a higher yeah, seed than Notre I, Dame. I understand what you're saying. You're not you're not saying anything wrong there. What I'm trying to say is Notre Dame's mark is different than Clemson's mark. Notre Dame just wants to get into the playoff. If Notre Dame loses this Saturday to a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson, they ain't beating Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. We don't know that. It's not happening. We don't Come, I mean, on. Come on. We don't know that. It's They won't. Games change. Coaches coach, players play, make adjustments, and you try it out there and you win it again. And it's, I'm not denying that it's not possible, but I'm just saying the odds, you have to admit, and you know in your heart of hearts that if Trevor Lawrence plays for Clemson, Clemson has a better chance to win that ball game. They have a better chance. I still think they win no matter what because I don't think Notre Dame's for real. But for argument's sake is that if Notre Dame loses today and they win the next one, they're a higher seed than Clemson in the college football playoff. Repeat that. If Notre Dame loses today to Clemson and right. they beat Clemson in the ACC title game, Notre Dame is going to be a higher seed than Clemson in the college football playoff. Yes. But yes. this, whole, this whole point here, I'm yes. not saying anything that's not true. You're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. This game has major college football playoff implications, and you're saying it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The, it the does. loser of this game is not eliminated. A major I'm not call- saying that, it, it, that anybody gets eliminated. I'm saying that it changes the path to the natty for both of these Who? teams. No, the playoff. It doesn't change the path to the playoff. The path to the playoff. It changes the path to the natty th- in the playoff. Well, we're not, but we're not talking about the national title game. We're talking about. I'm talking about how you get to the natty. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, seating will change, but that's not a major implication that is to me when that's it comes not down a major to major implication. When it comes down to matchups, you said earlier that you'd rather have that bye week in the first. Yeah, but week. you got to be in it to win it, and Georgia's still in it. Florida's still in it. A and M's still in it. Alabama, they know they're still in it, and they can lose next week to LSU, and they're still in it. And you know I, why? Because they don't have a loss. And whoever loses this game today, but it's going Clemson and Notre Dame, you don't sweat it. Stetson Bennett, the first thing he said in his press conference is, we went out, we're going to see him again. You just got to win that one. That's what they're aiming for. They're trying to win out. I still fall back on Notre Dame. This is the easier one to win for Notre Dame. Is there a bell we can ring on this topic? We'll move on. This is my last point. If Notre Dame wants to make the college football playoff, in my mind, I'm calling the race. I'm calling the race if they lose today. If they lose today to, but to you Clemson. can't. It's impossible. Well, There's still votes out there. Okay, this is coming from the person, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. This is coming from the person who last week said that Auburn had no chance. No, we'll talk to beat about LSU. that. We're going to talk about that. That is fine. I'm just saying you can't. Uh, you can't fault me for saying that. Oh yeah, Clemson's got a better chance with Cle- with Trevor no, Lawrence. I'm not saying. Lawrence. I'm not saying that. You have to play the game. There's a reason you play course, the games. And if course. just because Notre Dame loses today doesn't mean, doesn't mean that they're going to lose next time. Right, but I'm saying they will lose next time. 
I'm, that's why I this think game they're going to lose bad. both times. And I, so it doesn't matter. But the the implication of getting to the college football playoff is still the same. You got to win the ACC title. We also fundamentally disagree. I think that if Notre Dame were to win today and lose the ACC title game, I do think they get in. There's a such thing as Notre Dame bias. If and Notre you know, Dame wins true. today and loses, and they're not getting in. And that's fine, and that's another reason why we are having a major disagree, major disagreement here in this in this segment because I I believe that they would get in. I've seen too much of Notre Dame. You bias. think the, the producer of this show would just buzz us and tell us <laughs> to move on? Well, we don't have one. You're the one behind the board. <laughs> You're right. Move on. <laughs> All right, Auburn. We'll talk about Auburn real quick before we end a break. What level does Auburn have to reach this year? I mean, going into this segment, we're talking about two teams in two different places getting to rest, going into bye week. Auburn's schedule was backloaded. Alabama's was front-loaded, arguably. Auburn's the only team in the SEC that had to play two back-to-back road games and didn't get two back-to-back home games. Nobody else ever got that love. But (laughs) I see you rolling your eyes. (laughs) I bet bet you were real upset when every SEC opponent had a bye week before Alabama in 2010, weren't you? You were Hey, I'm not. No, I'm – hey, look. Okay, then I want to hear about the schedule. Every year people want a bye week before they play Alabama. I would. Um, And I'd want a bye week after, too. (laughs) But what level does Auburn have to reach for there to be content among not only the fan base, but also probably within the program? I mean, right now, I think you're looking at Auburn 6-2 and going into the Iron Bowl. You know the answer to this question. You don't have to finish it. Just tell me what it is. Just say it. There's only one thing that you have. There's only one thing that Auburn fans, that will make Auburn fans content the rest of the year. Just say it. I think Auburn. I, I don't think they have to beat Alabama. Yes, this year. they no, do. Because yeah, if they, they don't. don't, they're seventy percent and probably worse because they'll also lose to Texas A and M. Now, if you go seven and three with a win against Bama, not, Gus Malzahn may get an extension. I'm surprised Auburn didn't give him an extension for. Last I think week. the A and M game is more attainable. Just say it. No, I mean, there's no, look, Auburn's not. I'll tell you. If you want me to put it on it, there's no chance Auburn beats Alabama this year. I don't year. think that's true. Oh my goodness! But Auburn had no chance against LSU last <laughs> sometimes week. Sometimes you this say is ridiculous. No, 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 you know. Sometimes you just say things on the radio, and I thought I was calling a big shot. The numbers were in my favor. <laughs> Auburn had just lost to South Carolina. LSU had just put it on them. And last week is more of an example of what I was talking about earlier. You walk out there with an inept offense, and you turn the ball over, and you're down 14 to nothing, like LSU, you're going to get blown out. It happened to Alabama against Clemson in a national title game a few years ago. Alabama seems to do that every week against an opponent. You go out there, you give the Auburn Tigers 14 points, and you take the pressure off Bo Nix, and they score one more time when it was 21-0, and now you're relying on TJ Finley and your third-string quarterback to throw the ball a lot, which means that your offense is not staying on the field. You're going to get blown out, and I'm glad Gus Malzahn threw that pass on Ed O. I clapped when it happened. I was not (laughs) mad. The LSU Tigers are getting everything they deserve. So, no, I wasn't mad about Auburn winning last week. I know you weren't. I wasn't. I, I was laughing at the fact that this is happening to Ed Orgeron. No better person for it to happen to. Roll Tide who? Yeah, you know what he said in the locker room after that game. Bama Nation loves it, and I love it. Schwartz, I wish it was 99 yards. I was hoping Bo Nix threw that from standing on top of the goalpost. It was beautiful. But if you run out there with an inept offense and you, and you, hand, the other, you hand the other team points, you were going to get your doors beat off, and that's what happened to LSU Saturday. I said they had no chance. I even put out the Vince saying, no chance. In- I, yeah, and I was wrong. Look, I think the, I think Auburn is improving, but I, I believe that they have a better chance to beat Texas A&M, whose defense is abysmal, giving up 29 a game. 
I think Auburn has a better chance to beat A&M than they had to beat Alabama. I think Auburn has to win one of those two games at the end of the year, get to 7-3, and three, add another, just a substantial win, like a win against here. Like, yeah, that was a good team. No, those listen, are the only they two good teams on Auburn's schedule left. They beat A&M. That's a good win. Yes, it is. And, and, it's, and, a, and it's a great win. And I see that as a more attainable path well, of course. to Auburn having content. So I don't think that Auburn has to beat Alabama are you going, this are you, year. Are you going there to a and It's a home game for Auburn this year. You'll get the calls. And so, like, when I look at it, I'm just going to disregard that. When I look at it, I I think it's more important for Auburn to beat A&M, which is the more attainable one. I'm just going to go ahead and write the Alabama one off as a loss, beating Nick Saban two years in a row. We already thought was going to be a too tall of a task for Auburn going into this year in what would have been a normal football year. And so I think it's you should put more stake into that A&M game at the end of the year. You also remember how people finish. How would it feel if Auburn beat Alabama and then lost A&M? Everybody would lose their minds. Everybody would lose their minds. So it's just more important that you finish and you win the last one. Get oh seven my and God, three. would you rather beat Alabama and lose to A&M? Well, I'd rather beat Alabama, okay. but... Oh, no, well, then that's an error. I don't know. I mean, that would hurt. That would that would bother me. That would that would bother me. Here's why the here's because why here's why Alabama out, will win. The Honor let me Bowl. finish this real quick, and then and then the reason why I would not want Auburn to beat Alabama and then lose to A and M. Of course, yes, it's fun to beat Alabama and to be able to hold that over for a year. But of course, Alabama fans A would come back out and say there was some type of fluke, and then B it would bring out the people in the Auburn fan base where they're like, "There's no consistency. We beat a great team one week, we lose to a bad one the next. We need to get rid of this guy." Blah 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 blah. I just want to go into the offseason with everybody being content, and I think the only way to do that is if you either win both of them or you beat A and M. First of all, if if it was if no flukes happened, there would be no flukes called. If Alabama walks into the Iron Bowl this year and they're not missing six starters on defense and Auburn beats them, and they're not missing the greatest quarterback to ever play in in Alabama history and Auburn beats them, which is Mac Jones now, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was Tua last year. But no, I mean, if if Auburn comes out, you no, just just for this show's purposes, just say that Auburn benefited during their last two Iron Bowl wins from Alabama's defense being completely depleted. Just... Like you can, you, can you not just say it? That's not my problem. But you can't say it. Like I mean, you know. I can. I mean, yes, I knew going into the 2013 Iron Bowl. No, I no, 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 2017 and 20. That's right. 20. I didn't mean 2013. I meant 2017. Um, in 2017, for a month out from the Iron Bowl, a month out of, of the Iron Bowl, I said Auburn was going to beat Alabama by two touchdowns. Guess what? It happened. And you know why I said that? Because I thought Jalen Hurts could throw the football. I, I thought the problems no, with I Alabama in 17 were more to do with that offense with Jalen Hurts at quarterback than it had to do with that defense. No, but Auburn the defense doesn't. still held Auburn to 26 points. Yeah, and I just think that's testament to Jeremy Pruitt. Much not with... I don't think Alabama scores more bro, than 14. Keith Holcomb started at middle linebacker for that game. Come on, SDH yes, that out. did benefit Auburn a little bit. Mac Wilson out, Christian Miller out, Terrell Lewis out. I don't disagree with the losses. That benefits anybody. Just Eddie like Jackson Trevor Lawrence less Clemson is going to benefit Notre Dame this Saturday. But just, I just want you to say I did say it. Just say it. I just, did say it. Just say it, huh? I did say it. But I don't think that the Alabama offense scores more than 17 points, even if the defense shows oh, up. Oh, with Jalen? So, yeah. No, I mean, they would have scored more than 14 in that game. Come on, man. No, listen, I get it with Jalen. I mean, the offense is limited. That side of the ball. I'm not. But who but last year? Come on, man. Really? 
Like the way, but why did you have well, to? Well, yes, Auburn benefited one, from two pick sixes. Yeah, but with Mac Jones, and then you rolling out with another game of six starters out on defense. Not my problem. That's why we play the games. Isn't yeah, but that right. But don't say it was that the <laughs> Alabama fans saying that injuries affected the game is them saying that it was a fluke. It's not. It was not a fluke. We just got. We couldn't compete. Well, I still hear about 2013 being a fluke. Well, we, I mean, it wasn't a fluke. Who said? No. Put, put your athletes on the field. You see that we've got the dude back there Who's, before we. Who call said the thirteen timeout. was a fluke? I've never said thirteen was a fluke. Uh, I'm, I said Alabama fans in general. I don't mean. I don't mean. I've you. never said it. <laughs> I'm just saying if if Alabama is not injured on defense, they have like six wins in a row over Auburn right now. This is just the truth. This year, Auburn, Bo Nix, six sacks, three of them for Will Anderson. Go ahead. Our bowl score prediction: Nick Saban ain't letting up on Mickey Mouse, Gus Malzahn anymore, buddy. After the run in the mouth. The and all the see that's why Gus and Ed O are the same person. Go ahead, make it make a gaudy prediction here so that we can play this back. Oh, it, it's going to be about forty five to seventeen. Okay, no doubt. Gus, Nick Nick has always been a respectful guy. He doesn't run the score up on people, but Gus he has little boy syndrome. He has he has to say something when he wins. Nick Saban beats Auburn. He's like, man, we just played a good team out there. Gus comes in smacking his gum. He's just, he and Ed Orgeron are the same person. And that's why I just thought it was super ironic. They're not the same person. No, they are. They're the same Coach person. Coach a better coach than Edo. But we're going to take this to the speed round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency on the other side of this break. You're on AU100, Kicks 96.3, or it's Central Alabama. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. You're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. What we've learned on today's show is that Alabama is great and everybody else is trash. That's that's what we've learned. Who said that? (laughs) I'm messing with you, man. I'm I think Clemson's still the best team with Trevor Lawrence. Probably no one. I just I think they're they're right there with Alabama, man. I, I actually think Alabama's gone to a place of their own. I, I would be willing to bet that Clemson is, is probably closer or not Clemson. I would be willing to bet that Ohio State is probably closer to Alabama than Clemson is. I, I think Alabama's really is entering a realm in their own because I think the defense is starting to turn. Is Ohio the corner. State the best though? I mean like, I know they've played two games, but I, I just feel like they're in the Big Ten. I think I think they could be the best team in the country. I really Ohio think, State. Yeah, I think Alabama's the best team in the country. Nobody has that offense, and I don't think anything could stop that offense. I put a lot of weight into Georgia's defense and what Alabama was able to do. To They're them. good, and they just went through it like it was nothing. And I, I don't think Ohio State or Clemson can can hope to stop it. And I think Alabama can hope to stop. Ohio State and Clemson. But it's time for Speed Round, presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Speed Round is brought to you by. The Brown Insurance Agency. Life is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Same rules as always. We're going to spend two to three minutes on each of these questions. Running a little bit behind on today's show, so about two minutes on each of these questions. we got five questions here. Jeremy, you ready to go? Ready. Question number one, 
The Pac-12 begins play this weekend. Is there a path to the playoff for this conference? No, they're playing six games, right? I mean, playing a seven s- plus the the conference championship. Nah, they're. I, you know what I like about the Big Ten that you only get two uh ohs, regardless if it's your fault for coronavirus or somebody else's, and you have to play so many games to make it to the Big Ten championship game, and then to make it to the college football playoff, essentially because it goes through the Big Ten championship. Pac-12, I think it's a fun constellation season. I'm glad their athletes get to get on the field. Make no mistake about it. It's still going to be Pac-12 after dark out there. It's going to be fun. They have a 9 a.m. kick today, by the way. I really will be intrigued to see if 7-0 Oregon or 7-0 USC, which I think both of those are possible, really possible, how much levity and how much credence they get when it gets to the playoff time when you're trying to compare them with BYU and Cincinnati. When does their season end? The same as everybody yeah, else. Yeah, so there that that is what's in play. I just don't think that seven games is enough when Clemson's doing what they're doing, the Big Ten's doing what they're doing, and the SEC's doing what they're doing. It's for their last playoff spot. And then you could be, as we've talked about in the first half of the show already, it could be you could be you could be comparing Notre Dame, Texas AM, and Pac twelve champion yeah. all together at the end, depending on what how it shakes out this weekend. Antonio Brown for here, number question number two. Antonio Brown, he'll suit up against the Buccaneers this weekend, or for the Buccaneers this weekend. How do you see all of this playing out with Antonio Brown back with Tom Brady? They've had some injuries out there. You know, Godwin, he had thumb surgery. He's going to come back. Thankfully, he's on my fantasy team. I love it when he's on the field. Leonard Fournette's okay. OJ's out. Gronk's still Gronk, but... I think they need a little bit more help to get this Bucks team over the top because a 40-year-old, 40-plus-year-old Tom Brady is like a 35-plus-year-old everybody else. He just needs a little bit more help. If you can add a dynamic guy like A.B., who's been living in Tom Brady's house, so you're going you're gonna to feel good about the relationship when he gets on the field. They're friends. I mean, they're buddies. I think Tom Brady is a, is a guy that you want A.B. to probably be around if you're going to have him on your team. Does that not throw Tom Brady's character into question at all? Why can't you be? I have friends that I don't, that, oh, I don't do on, everything do you have, with. Hold on, I mean, though. Do you have friends that have the... The accusations up against that Antonio Brown has? I, no, but I mean, <laughs> do you know everything that your friends are doing? No, all the time? I don't. Listen, no, I don't. Mark Cuban is taking um, what's his name under his wing and making sure that he gets off drugs. Delonte West. I mean, what's wrong with befriending people and helping them out? AB needed help. What if Tom Brady's just that guy? I think this time is different. Something about this go around doesn't feel like it's going to go up in flames. I think but, it's going to be good. But the Buccaneers did need this. For some reason, Tom Brady and Mike Evans just haven't connected. And Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's a top five, top six receiver. And they just haven't quite connected. They're shorthanded, like you said, with some with some injuries at certain positions. Antonio Brown is the exact kind of receiver that Tom Brady wants to be thrown to. I mean, he is one of those uh, speedy – I mean, he's an all-around wide receiver. I can't even put this guy into a category of what he's able to do. But he's an exceptional route runner. And that's what Tom Brady needs is the guy to get open and to be able to play in that short game to mid-game. To mid and, that, and that's what Antonio Brown can do. So I, I think this benefits the Patriots a ton – or not the Patriots, the Buccaneers a ton. Question number three, Alabama's defense pitched a shutout against Mississippi State. You've been super critical of this Crimson Tide defense. How do you feel about them heading into the bye week? Shutouts in 2020 are unheard of, right? Because everybody can score points. And I, listen, I'm impressed. I'm impressed right now. It makes me wonder how much of a hand does somebody else might have in this defense, at least the, maybe the play calling right now. 
You got a lot of smart defensive people on this staff. I mean, you got Charles Kelly. You got Nick Saban. You got Charlie Strong. And Pete Golding didn't get the job at Alabama by not knowing anything about defense. I think he lacks a little bit in the coaching realm. I think he's probably making the right calls. I don't think the guys were coached up. But right now, they've given up 17 points in 10 quarters. I don't know if anybody else is doing that right now in college football. I think this defense is one of the better ones in the league. Obviously, I'd say top three in the league, even though statistically at times it probably made you pull your hair out. But Well, one game, yeah. really. I don't know. You're pretty upset for a half of Georgia, and then, <laughs> and then they pitched the shutout. And since that point, I mean, this, this defense has looked good. When I compare Alabama to Clemson, Ohio State, I've said this already. I think Alabama's defense can stop Clemson, Ohio State. I'm not sure if Clemson, Ohio State's defense can stop Alabama. Alabama's offense is so good that they just needed to lick a defense. They just needed a lick of it. And they've got a defense that I think can keep people from scoring 20 more, twenty points or more. So I like this Alabama defense a lot. And I think Alabama's the number one team in the country. They're definitely my front runner to win the national championship this year. Question number four. First of all, before I get into this question, have you seen the Alabama basketball non-conference schedule? No. Oh. <laughs> I've been a, it's been a rough week, man. Election. I don't want to say rough. It's just we've had an election. Got uh, high school football playoffs yesterday. Just, you don't have, I mean, you can actually skip this question. I'll run through it with you then. I know the schedule. I got this. It's kind of hard to believe that I know y'all's non-conference schedule, and uh, Auburn hasn't released theirs yet. At least at the time that we recorded this. (laughs) I thought you were a big (laughs) basketball guy. They opened up the year, though, at home against Jacksonville State. They got four home games, four neutral site games, and one road game. The one road game is against Oklahoma and the SEC Big 12 Challenge in January. Well, we knew that one was the... Right, and then they go into the Maui Invitational after for, for their second game, which will be against Stanford. They'll play three games in the game, the Maui Invitational, and then they've got a three-game home stretch against teams like East Tennessee State. I think maybe Furman and Houston are the other two, but I can't remember those two exactly off the top of my head. But either way, you look at the schedule, um, I'm impressed with it. Oh, I forgot about Holiday Hoops giving in Atlanta against Clemson. Yeah. You look at it. And there are some marquee wins that Alabama can claim in the non-conference if they get past the first round of the Maui Invitational. I think if they lose in the first round of the Maui Invitational, well, then you might be I – don't, I don't know if they get a significant win out of the Maui. And, yeah, and they don't. And then Clemson, although it looks good and it can boost your you know, RPI or uh, whatever it is now, what they, what they call it in basketball, or BPI or whatever it may be, it, it may boost them in those net rankings. And that, that's what it is, the net rankings – but it's still not like, oh, yeah, you beat a major top-tier program in college basketball, and then Oklahoma's in the same boat. So there's some opportunities for a consistently kind of strong schedule, but not anything that's just like over the top unless you win in that first round of the Maui. Here's what we'll know. We will know everything we need to know about Alabama basketball as they go into the SEC term or the SEC schedule. We'll know everything that we need to know about Alabama because if they can't pull off – one of those wins in the Maui. If they can't beat Stanford in the Maui, we won't know how they look against some of the elite, but we'll know how they look against some good teams, some solid teams that maybe aren't, you know, great all the way around top 25 teams, but we're going to know enough about them. We're going to know enough about Alabama to, to kind of gauge how they're going to play in, in the conference schedule because this, this looks like an SEC non-conference. Agree, disagree before we go to the next one? Agree. Okay, whatever. Last question here. Number one, Clemson at number four, Notre Dame. We bickered about this for a while. Must win for Fighting Irish or not? No. They don't have to win this game. They have to win the one that matters where there's a a conference champion crowned at the end of the year. You can lose this game and still make the college football playoff. So it's not a must win for either team. 
I agree with that statement. But, but, big but. No, I, no. It's so much harder to win on the on the in the game two I, here if you're if you're Notre Dame. You, you, I get you, it. You want to win here. I don't think they win either one, but I'm saying it's not a must win. Sure, I agree with that. By the by, this technicality, I agree with that. But I would much rather take advantage of the opportunity against DJ Uyagalale than wait till they got to play Trevor Lawrence. Is Trevor Lawrence any better than this guy? Like oh, I know, yes. he, I know he is, but and this Clemson's guy. better with Trevor Lawrence because of the leadership quality. If this ain't DJ Uyagalale's team when he steps on the field, he doesn't have the same leadership qualities yet. One day he can get to that point, but he's Scott, still a freshman. He's good. He and Bryce Young, they're the. It's like going into battle without your general, you know, without your without your pretty good backup general and DJ Uyagalale. He's good, but we saw him not be able to really pull it out until late against Boston College. It took him a little while to get to thirty-two points. Had to get those feet wet, though, man. You know, he just had he had to settle into the game. He's good, and he played well. I'm not taking anything away from his game. I don't really think he made that many mistakes. I'm just saying, some guys, when they step on the field, they're the general. They're the field. You know, in basketball, it's floor general. Football, I don't know what we call it. But they're, they're usually a leader, the quarterback. But. Of course. But, uh, you know, kind of a euphemism for it. When they step on the field, things change. Captain. And with Trevor Lawrence, that game's not close. With Trevor Lawrence, that game's 73-7. to seven, But, like but the they played, they've been in some, like, tighter games, though. I mean, it isn't like... really. They've blown out everybody they've played. They were close with Syracuse for a while. I mean, they. I mean, it isn't like the, every time Trevor Lawrence steps on the field that they just blow everybody out. No, they do a lot. But I think that result, specifically with Boston College, looks differently. I think you can point to it as like DJ Uyagalale is not the guy out there calling the shots. How do you consistently say that I practiced correctly? it on Saturday. Uyagalale. Uyagalale. I practiced Uyagalale. it. I really did. That does it for Speed Round, brought to you by the Brown Insurance Agency. Life is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you are fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Game picks on the other side of this break. Jeremy and I back and forth. Here we go, coming up on On the Line. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Game picks for you on On the Line as we wrap up this Saturday's show. Last week, I edged Jeremy in the ones that we picked differently, two to one. Now the overall standings sit at 43 and 24 evenly. How is that, man? That's tight. It is, but we don't pick that differently every week. And then each week, nobody builds the lead. They lose the lead the very next week. So we're tied up again. It's back at equilibrium. Let's see which way the scales tip this Saturday. Game number one here, number 23, Michigan, at number 13, Indiana, 11 a.m., FS1. Is Can Michigan do this back-to-back weeks? Like... Are they that bad? I don't think they're that bad. Give me the Wolverines. That's that's the direction I'm going as well to pick a poll-wise an upset, but I think Michigan's still favored in this one. I think Indiana's 2-0 start's kind of a mirage. They only average like 279 yards a game. It's weird, huh? They, they, have, they have scored when they've got their opportunities, and they've gotten their opportunities through the first two weeks because Penn State turned the ball over several times against them in the first game, and then w- last week they were playing Rutgers. Michigan, on the other hand, picking up substantially more yardage per game, but they haven't necessarily capitalized on the opportunities, specifically what happened last week against Michigan State. It's a rivalry game last week. It was weird. I like Michigan. I think they're better. I think they're playing better football than Indiana. Indiana's just had the fortunate 
has had the ball roll their way a couple of times. Key matchup here, Indiana only averages 75 yards on the ground per game. They give up like 180 per game. Run game, just their reverse to it. Michigan averages over 200 on the ground per game. I think this game, just matchup-wise, fits Michigan a little bit more. I think they'll be able to make the game a little bit easier on their quarterback, Joe Milton, as opposed to Indiana. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Michael Penix. Number two here, Arizona State at number 20, USC, 11 a.m. on Fox. How are we going to judge the Pac-12? We have no, this is fun. You have no data to go off of. Here it is. Hilton, can he get it done? Almost fired last year. I think they're going to have a good team. I, I, I think that they could be an undefeated Pac-12 team. Unfortunately, they're just not going to be able to make the playoff because they're only playing seven games. I like USC. I like USC as well. Keaton it's Slovis. so hard not to vote for Herm Edwards, though. And they're going to have a competitive team. They got a pretty good quarterback down there, and uh, I guess that's Tempe. Mm-hmm. But USC's got Keaton Slovis, so already a better quarterback right there. He was thirty five hundred yard passer last year, thirty touchdowns. I mean, if this guy played a full season, he's in the Heisman race for sure at this point. He's got his three of his top four receivers back from last year. He did lose his leading receiver, but the number two and number three coming back had one thousand two hundred ninety four yards combined and like twelve touchdowns. So he's still got luxuries a wide receiver that anybody would dream about. Keaton Slovis, USC, I like it. We're two for two here so far. West Virginia at number 22, Texas, 11 a.m. ABC. Texas, you were right on that one last week. I still suck with Oklahoma Apparently. State. Oklahoma State, four turnovers last week, and Texas still has to go into overtime? How good is – I mean, to me, that says Oklahoma State's still pretty good, and they just kind of handed the game away. Now, I don't know you don't like to talk about flukes and giving games away. Texas had to win the game, but – you hand Alabama four turnovers, you're going to get beat by 40. You hand Auburn a couple turnovers, you're going to get beat by 40. That's almost the lay of the land right now. Oklahoma State proves my point wrong almost. They give you the ball four times and they're still in the ball game, fours in overtime. But how good is West Virginia? I mean, I just beat Kansas State 37 to 10. I know, man. This is a little this is one of the last is, undefeated this is in, tricky. The big, in the Big 12. Is this in to, at Texas? It's at Texas. I'll give you my pick. I'm picking West Virginia. I'm picking Texas, baby. There we go. I'll I'll go ahead. I'll split with you on it. I think West Virginia is going to beat Texas. Who coaches West Virginia? The ex-Troy guy. Oh, Neil yeah. Brown. That's right. Um, I, I like West Virginia to win this game, mainly because of the defense here. Texas has not held any Big 12 opponent on their schedule. except for Well, they've held one Big 12 opponent on their schedule to less than 30 points. West Virginia has held every opponent on their schedule to less than 30 points. The defenses here are polar opposites. Texas, Texas is going to give up points to anybody. West Virginia is going to have points to score. We've seen Texas get upset when the offense has sputtered. I think this is the kind of game that Texas's offense sputters. They're going to have a letdown game after taking down Oklahoma State. And then this, this Big 12 race gets super interesting, but Texas is about to get eliminated from it. West Virginia, though, hanging around a little. Number eight, Florida at number five, Georgia, 2.30 p.m., CBS. Florida. I don't I love know. it. I, I just love it. don't know how Stetson Bennett can beat Florida. You know what he did last week against Kentucky? You know what his stat line was? Just throw it out there. Nine for 13, had a little bit over 100 yards, yeah, two only, interceptions. It's like two his first game. They've got the no confidence in him anymore. Well, it's because they go out against Arkansas, they put him in, he wins the game. He played okay football, but eventually when you watch the tape, you see that he clearly has limitations. He doesn't... He doesn't throw outside the numbers very well. He's not a deep ball guy. He can make some things happen with his legs, but it's almost just improv. He's not great outside of the pocket. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's five foot nothing. He hits his offensive lineman in the head three or four times a game, throwing over the middle. 
What does he bring this team other than mediocrity at the quarterback position if it is mediocrity? I just don't think he can like bad. That's how, what it is. Just so you don't, you don't always say this. Where are the points going to come from? Where are Georgia's points going to come from? I know where, I know where Florida's going to come from. Kyle Trask is in the Heisman race. Pitts. Pitts. The other, the other small receiver guy, what's his name? Um, is that Tony? Yeah, Tony. I know where their points are coming from, and this is a game of points now. And Georgia can't score enough against good teams. Also, has Georgia held a good offense this year? No. I've only seen them play once. So I, I think the sample size of the Georgia defense is and Kyle, a little I think small, Kyle Trask is as not as good as Mac Jones right now. He's there. I think he's I think he's a Heisman contender. And how is Georgia going to hang in there with a, with a Heisman contender? I'm with you, Florida as well. Arizona at Utah, 2.30 p.m. ESPN2. Is someone still at Arizona? Yeah, because he got yeah, coronavirus. And they were horrible last yeah, year. I like Utah. I mean, I Whittingham well. is, he's been a he's model of consistency. Yeah, every year. And they were 11-3 and three team. Uh, what is a Ute? I don't know. Probably someone from Utah. Ute? Ute? Probably somebody from Utah. Utah. How, do they, how do they talk out there? Utah. Utah returns their nearly their entire offensive line. They added Jake Bentley this year at quarterback. See, Arizona's having to replace Khalil Tate. While Arizona might have... Um, more guys coming back across the top. I think Utah's got more important guys coming back across the top than Arizona. So I like Utah. I think they're more complete. Number 14, Oklahoma State at Kansas State, 3 p.m. Fox. This game's significant because these are two one-loss teams that are a part of a three-way tie that features Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State atop the Big 12. This, somebody's somebody's getting jettisoned out of this race. Maybe not entirely because it's somebody with two losses is going to make the Big 12 title game. But this definitely puts you behind the eight ball a little bit. And it's wonders who it is because if Oklahoma State loses this game, they've already played Iowa State. Yeah. If Kansas State loses this game, well, they can still go undecided against Iowa State later on in the season with those two teams play. So it matters who loses this game. I think Oklahoma State is still a good team. I really, yeah. I, if they have three turnovers against Texas, they win the game. Four turnovers is just too many. And I, I know Mike Gundy, Chuba Hubbard, the rest of the crew – you were asking last week, oh, they're just not able to run the ball. They don't score a lot of points. Well, well they can run the ball. I just don't think they can throw the ball. Well, they didn't. They haven't really ran the ball that well because of their lack of being able to throw the ball. But, listen, Chuba Hubbard's good. Maybe He's the, great. Maybe the best in college football. Man, a lot of people are saying that. I think that Oklahoma State is still a really good team, and they win this game. And I think they come out with a vengeance in this one. Kansas State only scored 10 points last mm-hmm. week against the second-best defense in the Big 12, which is West Virginia. West Virginia's given up a little bit over 19 a game. Oklahoma State's given up like somewhere of 17 or 18 a game, and I, I don't see things getting much better for Kansas State on the offensive side of the ball, so I'm with you. I like Oklahoma State in this one this week. Number seven, Texas A&M at South Carolina, 6 p.m. ESPN. I'm not sure South Carolina has a winnable game remaining. I don't. I just look at the, where the win's going to come from. You look at it, you don't know. Texas A&M is a good team, man, and it if they could have just shelled out a little bit better of a performance versus Alabama, I think nobody would be sleeping on them right now. Unfortunately, they got they got drummed. But Texas A&M is a good football team, and they're going to handle handle South Carolina. I agree with all that. We'll keep going. Number one, Clemson at number four, Notre Dame, six thirty p.m. NBC. Clemson. I'm with you. I think Clemson wins even. I do. I, I know we've we, argued I, about this the whole and then, show, and, then, and we both agree that Clemson will beat Notre Dame Clemson's twice. Going to win. Yep, he's going to beat him twice. I think DJ Uyagalale is good, and I think he, he may not. He does, maybe doesn't have to be the leader. But I don't think he has to be great. This Notre Dame team can't score. They're not going to be able to score. 
I think, there, I think there's enough star power across the board for Clemson. That's why I'm picking it. I, I think, obviously, I'd feel great if Trevor Lawrence was playing, but is I don't think that what happened last week against Boston College is going to happen It's still a 14-point game. I still think Clemson really? is four, I think they beat a top, I guess, number four right now, top 14 by 14 points. Stanford at number 12, Oregon, 6.30 p.m., ABC. Oregon, I guess one of the favorites to win the Pac-12. They should be. They're a good team. I know they lost Herbert, but, you know, Crystal Ball's recruited well. He's got a lot of good players out there. Give me the Ducks. Oregon, it's hard to replace a quarterback. I'm not picking Stanford. I am picking Oregon in this game because I just trust the recruitment and the state of the program. I mean, look at what Stanford's at right now after what they did last year. I mean, what was Stanford? Four, eight, five, and seven last year? Oregon, you feel a little bit better about them being able to replace what they lose than, than maybe Stanford taking step forwards this year. That's the question you have to ask yourself. Does Stanford improve so much so that they overtake Oregon because of their losses? And I, I think Oregon replaces their guys. I don't think it's going to be a perfect game this first week, but it doesn't have to be a perfect game this first week on offense because Oregon has the best defense in the Pac-12. And I think this year when you're looking at how bad defenses are across the country, Oregon's probably got the, one of the better defenses, one of the best defenses in all of college football, especially because of that secondary. So I, I like Oregon's defense to be able to help them through this game. It wouldn't shock me if it ends up being pretty close. Tennessee at Arkansas, 6.30 p.m. SEC Network last game. Arkansas. I really like how these guys like play it. for Sam Pittman. I really do. Sam Pittman is... He has transformed this team back into what you think Arkansas is. Physical, big, and they're going to try to win that way. Tennessee will lose this game because Garantano can't guarantee anything for the for the volunteers. Arkansas is first in the league in takeaways. 13 across the year right now. Um, that weighs a lot to me when this Tennessee team has completely lost their identity. They have amnesia. They got beat over the head so bad in that second half against Georgia that they forgot who they are. They have no idea. That Tennessee team in the first half against Georgia looked like they could win the East. Since that moment, this offense can't score. They're turning the ball over. The defense can't stop anything. I mean, this is a this Tennessee team is bad, and this game is kind of the precipice game. These two teams are wrestling at the on the edge of a cliff, and whoever gets thrown off of it, that team's going to go under. It's like what why, you were talking about with LSU Auburn last why week. Why do they keep playing Garantano? He's not the future. Your season's the other a wash. Guys are worse. Yeah, but. I, He's going after this year. Well, I mean, I guess he can come back because it's a COVID year, but... Other guys are worse. But I just think that you've got, what, this is year four of Garantano? I mean, like, you've got four years of proof that he is a below average quarterback. I think quarterback. he was this bad last year. No, I think he's gotten he is worse. Per, he's the Jake Fromm of Tennessee. But, but much worse. But much worse. <laughs> and less talent around him. Oh, they would kill to have Jake Fromm yeah. right now, but he just <laughs> never got better. And he's gotten worse. He's degenerated. What's Arkansas's chant again? Woo pig. You know what I like about Sam Pippen? They do the little woo pig things. They say, turn that jukebox on, boy. And they just go dancing in the locker room after a win. Have you ever, have you ever been to Arkansas? No, I don't plan on it. Last, the word, <laughs> Arkansas fans, I'll never forget as a kid, there's an Arkansas fan who threw up on himself right beside me and my dad in Bryant Denny Stadium on the first row of the upper deck on the west side in our season tickets. Season tickets holders beside us sold their tickets. These Arkansas fans got it. And he's so drunk, I'm like 10, just vomits all over himself. And didn't leave the game. This is in the second quarter. That's dedication. That's dedication. I think we lost. <laughs> it went into the overtime. It was a game where, remember that famous game where students were um, shoveling water out of the student section in cups, Alabama, Arkansas, like 03, 04. It rained. They backed the game about two hours, CBS yeah. 230 kick. It's that game. And the whole time in that rain delay, you know what this guy's doing? Oh, Alma. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, what is he drinking? <laughs> Apparently too much is what he's drinking. 
That does it for another edition of On the Line. No Garner, Jeremy Law, back with you next week. Same time, same place. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net. 